Okay, welcome to another session. What I need to let you know is that a lot of stuff I do on this is basically either taking from a curated um, you know, element of stuff that I read or it's just a bit of my musings on stuff. So you get a bit of a mix of everything as we go along. And I've thrown this one in about money is only for a, a the purpose of getting people to think about money. You know, a lot of people now just think about debt as the way to go about it. Whereas, when, you know, like now that you know I've, I've got a few few years on the clock, I remember when savings was a good thing, and everyone saved for something. So, this uh, you know piece that I've just put in is just from a, uh, a uh, an email that I'm on for a fellow called uh, uh, Bill Bonner, the Bill Bonner newsletter, and he's got some really interesting stuff to say. So I've just sort of narrated it or the aspects of it that I thought I want to get across today. So um, without uh, delay, here we go. This is curator post from a man I listen to called Bill Bonner and he's a wonderful way with understanding money, government, deep state, etc. like that. You can call him a conspiracy theory because he just works on actual facts. But I love the way he explains things is that money is not wealth. It just measures and presents wealth or represents wealth like the claim ticket on a car in a parking garage. In our post-1971 money system, based on fake money that represents no wealth or measures and measures badly, that this new money enters the economy as credit and that the credit industry, i.e. Wall Street, has privileged access to it. The working man still has to earn his money, selling his work by the hour. But Wall Street and elite borrowers connected to the establishment deep state gets it without breaking a sweat or watching the clock that a disproportionate share of this new money is concentrated in and around the credit industry pushing up asset crop prices raising salaries and bonuses in the financial sector and making the rich who own the financial rich assets much richer that this flood of credit helped the middle class raise its living standard even as earnings stagnated. But it also raised debt levels throughout the economy and that it allowed the average American family to spend American money that Americans never earned and buy products Americans never made. Instead, Walmart's shelves were stocked with goods made in China. The middle class lost income as factories, jobs and earnings moved overseas, but debt stayed at home. Maybe it didn't make people richer, after all, how can you expect to make people better off by giving them fake money? But how did it make them worse off? Just look at Argentina in 2001, or Zimbabwe in 2006, or Venezuela now. When you take a lot of fake money into society, you end up with a fake economy. Prices go wild as people try to figure out what the money is really worth, but the economy shrinks. It was the same way in Germany during the Weimar hyperinflation. People stopped producing. You might have a million marks or billion marks in your pocket, but you couldn't find a bar of soap for sale. But wait, 
I know what you're thinking. We imagine these are all hyperinflation stories. We don't have that now. Instead, we have much less inflation. Prices are almost stable. Yes, for now. The inflation is in the asset sector and in credit itself, not in consumer items. But the phenomenon is much the same. Fake money is giving grossly distorted information to everyone. In Manhattan, we are told that an ordinary apartment is worth two million. But in Geneva, where interest rates have turned negative, we are told that two million is worth nothing. You will have to pay one of the banks to take it off your hands. Without honest money, real saving, and true interest rates, businesses and investors have nothing to guide them. They're lost in the woods. If you want to do the hard work and take the risks of long-term capital heavy inventions. Instead, the focus shifts to speculation, gambling, and playing the game for short-term profits. What's more, artificially low interest rates provide fatal misinformation. They tell the world that we have an infinite supply of resources, time, money, energy, and know-how. Then, without its back to the wall of scarcity, with no need to make careful short choices, Capitalism becomes reckless and irresponsible with its most valuable resource, capital itself. It is destroyed, wasted, misallocated, and malinvested. Growth rates fall and the world becomes poorer. And in Japan recently, there was talk of the ultimate absurdity. Look carefully, because we believe this straw may have final etched on its tiny letters. Japan was to be considering a perpetual bond issued at negative rates. How does this work? Well, it's very simple. You give the money, your money to the government, and then you pay the government every year for taking it from you. Okay, does that not seem disturbing to you? But many aspects of our monetary system are a disturbing place at the moment. You can understand it, you can be part of it, but until you really do understand it, and actually choose not to be part of it, when you realize that you actually have really small options if you don't want to be part of a system.